Welcome to The Great Conversation, where ideas matter. Ideas can shape markets. Ideas can change the world. I'm sitting at home right now. Have been for some time. In fact, about 30 years. I think the market's cut up with me. I think a lot of people are preferring, like me, to work at home. And, and therefore, if you talk to my family and kids, uh, work and play, um, there's really kind of a soft line there. Um, they grew up with their father with a little sign on the door that says, enter at your peril, uh, you know, please ask permission, telling my wife, pretend I've commuted 30 minutes away in case something breaks, I'm not the go-to guy. Uh, so, you know, setting the rules for engagement if I was going to have a work from home experience. And then technology is caught up. It, you know, used to be it was hard to get an internet connection way back when. And now, obviously, we, <laughs> most of us are, have high speed internet in our homes. We have beautiful things like Zoom and, and uh, Microsoft to help us stay connected in amazing ways. There are very few people and companies that have lived through my experience, watching consumer attitudes change and how they interface with their home. And, uh, and yet I stumbled on one the other day. I was in a conference where the conference wanted to leverage an analyst who had studied this market since 1986. And uh, that's where I met Elizabeth Parks, who is the president of Parks Associates. They do a lot more than just data collecting. We're going to get into that in a second. But I want to welcome to the great conversation, Elizabeth Parks. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for the invitation to join your great conversation today. Oh, I, and I love a great conversation. You know that. Here we are by the virtual fireplace. And little something, something next to us. Uh, that's for those of you to ask Elizabeth what she's drinking later, but uh, uh, mine is probably, it's early morning coffee for me right now. So I, I think we'll just start with coffee. But Elizabeth, let's, let's get into it. First of all, let's talk about Parks Associates to give it context, to kind of set a foundation for what Parks Associates does what they curate, how they leverage it. And, uh, and, and let's get into that because I think that sets the context for a great discussion of what we're seeing. How does that sound? That sounds great. Uh, again, thanks for uh, the invitation. Parks Associates, uh, we are a pretty traditional market research and consulting firm celebrating our 35th year in business. Uh, my mom, Patricia Parks, is our founder uh, and started the company back in the um, mid late 80s and really looking at the adoption of computing in consumers homes and what technology adoption would look like over the years. Uh, so we uh, sell syndicated research reports, we provide custom research and consulting services, and we also bring the industry leaders together to really talk and learn from each other and understand the future of technologies in the consumer and small to medium business markets. Right. When I used to put on a forum, executive forum in a physical way, I used to say, I want to bring the whole ecosystem together in the commercial space. So I wanted the chief security officers there and their teams. 
I wanted the manufacturers who develop products for those CSOs, how they got to market through resellers, and also the consultants who advised them along the way. Um, and uh, it, it that great conversation was very informative. I curated a lot of knowledge over the last 20 years, just holding those physical events and putting them together. And when I ran across connections the other day, it looked like you'd been doing the same thing in the home space. We absolutely have. We're proudly celebrating our 25th year hosting our Connections Premier Connected Home Conference. Uh, typically in May in San Francisco, we gather uh, the brightest in the industry, about 650 uh, senior level executives from across all of the ecosystems in the consumer market. Uh, it's a very unique event in the sense that all of the players of the value chain serving the consumer are represented um, from the hardware to the service side and then the different verticals that touch the consumer at home. Yeah, that's just terrific. So what I love about that for our community listening in is you have two people sitting by the fireplace who are coming from much different ecosystems. Uh, but now we get into the heart of things because the heart of things is are those two ecosystems beginning to converge? And there's winners and losers in any type of convergence. There's also new players in any type of convergence. Uh, but like I opened up in the, in, in the uh, podcast, I'm sitting at home and I'm, I'm that guy that your mom was talking to way back when in 1986. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the technology to catch up with what I want to do and how I want to protect my home and experience my home. And, uh, and yet on the same time, my business is in the commercial space. And it's interesting because I haven't necessarily seen it converge yet from a physical security standpoint. I haven't necessarily seen it converge. I'm sitting here with my own cameras in my home. I don't have any security department outside of me worrying about me every day. But if I worked for a Boeing, if I worked for a Microsoft, if I worked for an Amazon, if I worked for a healthcare company, and I work at home three days a week, is the duty of care going to start converging with my at-home experience? And if so, how? So are you seeing anything there from your seat? Yes, absolutely. The, uh, the conditions have really changed for service providers to deliver to both businesses and consumers. It's a, it's a world that nobody really has experienced before. And we have seen the, the pandemic really been a catalyst for I mean, all sorts of areas of growth that are, are going to create new opportunities and really major shifts in, in how products and services are delivered. So specifically in the uh, environment with um, businesses moving their staff to remote work, there's a, a very specific look at technology playing a key role in uh, security, whether that be cybersecurity services, um, but also uh, just understanding the ability to manage um, data in consumers' homes. So the value-added services that come from the broadband providers and then the connected devices that can enable different types of services in the home are, are also you know, really set to explode here. Um, but the industry has got a lot of things to figure out. 
um, and integration and offerings, as well as the vulnerabilities that, that are potentially there. Well, also let's get down to some basic things though. It isn't just the technology. Um, let's just pretend for a second we're a taxi, I own a taxi business, right? I have access to the technology, but a business model, um, my business model is very, very, you know, discreet. It, 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 it basically, we've been doing it this way for a hundred years. We have a dispatcher. We have all this going on. We have a whole chain, a value chain, if you will, in the taxi industry, including the tips we give to the, uh, the uh, hotel, the hotel concierge staff as we pull in, right? Used to be in Vegas. You could see how those guys would get their tips. So suddenly Uber comes along. And it wasn't just the technology. It was a whole different business model. It's like Steve Jobs with the first uh, boombox in a cube, <laughs> right? Don't have to carry it on my shoulder anymore. So what is that thing, that technology and business model that finally integrates work and home? Do we have any ideas on what that looks like? Well, ultimately, everything is pointing towards choice for people, right? choice of how you might have things installed in your home, the choice of the length of the service. I mean, think of how television is consumed now. Uh, it's, it's driven by choice. A consumer can just watch what they want to watch. They no longer are, you know, beholden to the bundle that the cable providers developed, um, you know, way back when. So they're, there's a lot that goes into being able to provide that choice in an optimal way because you're now talking about all sorts of different consumer segments and the personalization that can come with that. So new technologies like AI and machine learning and things that are able to identify data and information and then transform that into meaningful value through predictive or proactive types of applications, you know, that's, that's really where the future is headed. And I think there's still, there's still a ways to go because of the obstacles with integration um, across all, all sorts of ecosystems serving the consumer and the business markets, but it's coming. And our data shows that more than half of consumers, 56% now value technology more than they did before. The interest in whole home services, let's say, to protect all your devices or to even just to look at, um, you know, the security services and add with the energy services just in your home, it creates a, just a whole new world of opportunity through reoccurring uh, revenues. And so that business model is moving from hardware to services uh, and consumers are, you know, embracing that. Um, they really are. Uh, but to get to mass market in this fully unified experience, there's there's still a lot of uh, barriers there that, that we'll be working on. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Back to, again, how I opened the podcast, you know, knowledge is power. And uh, not only for companies, but also for individuals. Um, had a good friend running Amazon uh, Alexa in the early days. And they themselves didn't think they would have the acceleration of adoption 
they thought they were going to have to deal with privacy issues and so forth. And of course, the press made that out to be that way. But he said the adoption went crazy. And suddenly, we can't live without Alexa. We can't live without a, a digital assistant in the home for anything from answering our video cameras from a security standpoint and opening the door to telling us what the weather is or the news or playing some music. And so I'm, um, I'm really interested. It seems like we are in a world of apps now, a world of apps and platforms win when the apps are integrated. So if you're just an app company, you have to be concerned about how it gets integrated into all the other things that I need in that platform or your business model falls apart. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, we are. In fact, today we just published a new study um, that's all about apps uh, and the role of uh, that seamless integration. So if you have a consumer who's going out and buying these different devices uh, as a standalone, a DIY, you know, go buy it retail and plug it in and it works. Uh, eventually, you know, they keep, those are the buyers who are buying more. So once they have that experience, they like it. And then they look to buy more and add to their collection of connected devices. But then you reach a tipping point and the smart speakers, which are now, I think at 51% of all households is our, our latest data point there. Uh, they play this key role in integrating the devices together, but really that that's a controller role and it comes in play more around the system side of things, which is moving the discussion more towards the, the professional, right? Because these are becoming more complex um, things to manage on the network and also to, to really have that fully integrated experience. So absolutely consumers want one app, they want interoperability, it's a tall order. There's a lot of initiatives right now, including uh, Matter by the Connectivity Standards Alliance, which used to be Zigbee, uh, working to develop a, a standard that goes across the all the different application layers of more than 400 products. Those are, those are the companies involved in that initiative. Um, and this is an age-old problem that uh, until is solved, you know, will will be a challenge to really move. Um, all these devices and services to mass market play. So um, it's coming though. So we are very, uh, uh, see, see great things coming, but technology really serving a, a key role for businesses and consumers. Absolutely. You reduce complexity. We've learned over time. If you reduce complexity, friction in, in somebody's work life experience, you're gonna see mass adoption. And that's what you're talking about. The business models of all these companies have to converge to reduce complexity. If they do that through a standard or through an alliance, uh, somehow, some way they have to reduce complexity. So now uh, with that said, I remember years ago, I mean, talk about aging myself, but I remember a video, Steve, Steve Jobs had hired a guy, John Scully, as president of Apple. And they released a video and this was like 80 something. And they released a video and it was a video of a, uh, a man coming down a circuitous stairway. He had just wakened, you could tell, had his morning Joe, sat down 
and his desk uh, basically was a screen. He powers up and his digital assistant starts talking to him about his day and what he has to get prepared for. And he's asking questions, they're talking to each other and he's doing work in his home at his desk, right? And, and the screen's all integrated in. And it was amazing. And we're there. That's what's so cool. We're there. We now have that. Uh, but like you said, it's going to depend on the who. Is the who, this first market thrust into mass adoption, where's the pivot point? Is it still in the high-end residential, the millionaire homes? Is it in new construction? Is that where we'll see it? it you know, where is that pivot point for mass adoption? Where do you think it is? You know, it, it truly is a fragmented market. So, you know, you've got a, a winning question there. Uh, the, the new homes builders are definitely looking to technology to, to incorporate and differentiate their properties, add value for the consumer. Uh, at the same time, they're going to be very careful about what they add in because the expectation of, you know, it has to work for like 30 years. That's what a home builder is thinking. Um, is also a tall order for a manufacturer who's adding software additions to hardware. Um, certainly in the multifamily space, MDU, there's an explosion right now, and we're going to see a lot of scale there with access controls and energy management solutions coming into play. Uh, that, that's that's going to be a great way to scale because, I mean, if you have a building with 100 units in it, then you know, everybody's getting a smart thermostat or everybody's getting uh, special door locks that can uh, perhaps allow people even to go look at uh, an apartment with no need for a, a person to show them the apartment, right? Simply because they got a code and they can go look at it themselves, um, thus saving operationally, but also, you know, giving the consumer a different experience. They don't have to have a realtor, somebody showing them that apartment. They can do it on their own. So there's a lot of impact, uh, I think, that that will come uh, with, with new technologies. Retail is huge because price points are down. Installation is kind of easy. But we also see a lot of returns, a lot of returns on this stuff. And then, you know, they might go, a uh, consumer might go to a professional after that. We also see a lot of DIY purchases that then they call an installer to help do the installation. So the security dealers are a huge channel for smart home devices. The broadband service providers as well are in a very good position because they're already in the home. Uh, and the question on who's the trusted advisor, um, certainly security providers are at the top. Uh, ISPs, though, are not far behind. And we also see insurance players really coming into play with adding devices that can obviously mitigate risk, you know, a smart water leak detector or anything that might stop a fire uh, in a, a single family home or multifamily is going to have a huge benefit for an insurance provider on, on those claims. Uh, and that's a whole nother model that's really being developed by innovators like Hippo Insurance. Um, I think it is a challenge for the legacy insurers though, because they have the legacy systems uh, that they, they have to manage with actuaries and, and the details on, on insurance business models. Uh, but it's really a wide open market for consumers to choose from. And 
We think electricians and plumbers and HVAC and security dealers, those technicians, the trades that are in the home, they're going to need to be more skilled, more consultative with their selling, and then have the manufacturers really be supportive when they when they you know introduce all these new products to sell to consumers. Yeah, and and change is not something most people deal with very well. So if you're if you spent 25 years being a low voltage technician and your company suddenly wants you to start learning how to, you know, be on site and play an advisory role on home entertainment and, uh, and networking, that's, that's quite a leap. And uh, they're going to have a hard time transitioning their workforce to that kind of behavior. Yeah, the workforce is, is uh, changing anybody's habits, we all know, is, is a challenge, you, uh, especially your own, uh, but others as well. And then just, just getting, the, um, getting them uh, educated. Uh, but there's a lot of great initiatives. Consumer Technology Association just announced a new initiative uh, around uh, training these um, trade sort of technicians. Uh, there's also new companies, uh, um, Sean Miller, who used to be the president of Point Central, an alarm.com company, which is a big platform in the home. Um, he just started a new company that's very specifically all about the technicians and, and training. So I think that's recognized as an issue that, that's, that, that needs to be um, addressed. And a lot of players are, are looking for that. And a lot of great opportunity for people who... Um, you know, want to do that kind of work. It, it is a skill set and uh, it's, it's going to continue to grow as a need. So let's talk, if you don't mind, uh, people know this is unscripted, so it might be a curveball. I don't think so. But uh, we're talking about change. We're talking about technology forcing change in business models. How is this world changing your business model from the the year 1986, when Patricia Parks started the company, how is technology changing your business and what can we expect out of Parks Associates in the coming years? Sure, that's that's a great question. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, uh, we did phone survey work. We called a thousand consumers and we asked them uh, all of the survey questions. We moved into broadband households and we're now surveying 10,000 broadband households every quarter. And of course, we have partners who help us with our uh, respondents. Um, back a long time ago, we would produce 300, 400 page research reports on industry players and metrics to help inform and educate uh, the industry. And with the, the internet, which you know really wasn't much around even in the early 90s, uh, you know, our, our business is definitely had to change. Um, our clients are looking for 25 page reports that get to the meat and all the, the valuable questions they want to know answered. Uh, so we have had to adjust the way we deliver our research. Uh, also, you know, you can go look up any company, just go Google it. So um, there's a lot of information that people have already at their fingertips. Um, I do remember a conversation back probably around 20. 10, 2012, where somebody I worked with said, you know, this, we're, I don't know if this is going to work out for the business. Uh, you know, the, the internet, we just will, won't be needed, uh, perhaps. And, 
you know, that was a signal that that person was so wrong. Um, in my mind, I had the thought of no way there, there's actually so much information out there. Um, but if you're going to be making million or billion dollar business decisions, you know, you need to understand where your data is coming from the integrity and the reliability of the information that you're getting. And so despite um, the internet forcing us to change how we do our work, what it looks like to deliver our research, um, you know, we're, we're still in a great position, especially with the trending information. Um, you know, if you look at a market at one point in time, you don't, you know, you really don't have a lot of meaning there. Um, so we're tracking new emerging technology from the minute it's been introduced to the market. And that's what we've been doing for 35 years. And I, I think we're going to continue doing that. Um, we're also actively working hard in our own ways with limited resources, of course, as a small company to just be bring the best data and insights we can to our clients, but also to the industry as a whole. We're very dedicated to education. That's terrific. Well, I, I got to tell you, if um, if I was part of a private equity group right now, or a venture capitalist, or a business trying to make st strategic decisions on the future, I I know that just surfing the internet's not going to help me. I need to put information in context, and I need to know specifically somebody who's studying these actions in the marketplace. I call it the transactions of value. Study those transactions, understand the constraints, understand where the friction is, because that's probably where the new breakthroughs are going to happen. And uh, I can't imagine being in the consumer market without your insights, Elizabeth. This has been a great conversation with you. Well, thank you so much. You know, I learn uh, from you every time we talk. And so I really appreciate the invitation uh, to join this great conversation. Well, hopefully we can touch base again next year as you gain even more insights. Uh, but till then, it's been a great conversation with Elizabeth Parks.